I'm joined now by Paul Timpson, um, an Irish visual effects expert who is here at the Visual Effects Summit. Uh, what brings you here? I'm here uh, basically to get uh, a deeper insight into the infrastructure of uh, animation in Ireland. Um, I'm coming back from uh, some time in London and in the USA, working in VFX and animation there, and setting up a company in Ireland and with a branch in London. And I just need to up my chops in terms of the people and processes going on in, in Dublin. I already know quite a few people, but it was to get an extra layer of that. But I mean, it must have been great experience working overseas. I mean, you've been involved in uh, the Golden Compass. Was that one movie you were involved? Golden Compass. In I worked in uh, in the early noughties or two thousands. Um, I think it was two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. I'm sure. It was two thousand five. Two thousand five. That's the year I got married. Yes, that was it. Oh. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then I went to um, uh, America. I worked on Shrek Four and Megamind and uh, Puss in Boots. Uh, part of that and mm. some of the. Uh, some of the big features that the, Glen, the DreamWorks uh, facility in Glendale was doing. So wow. I worked over there for four and a half years. So uh, Andy Hayes, we spoke to earlier, he, he worked there. We, we worked at the same facility together in the same department for, for, for those years. Uh, and before that, I did. I worked for the Jim Henson Company in North London that do the Muppets. Uh, so that was an interesting essay. That was in, that was in the early 2000s. Uh, you'd come into work every day and you had a row of Skeksis leaning down over you. And, came through the front door so uh, that office is gone now but and obviously the company shrunk back to LA but uh, we worked on Ogle Pogo which was uh, the big water beast pro uh, show it would be effects show there and Muppets in Oz which is another one and yeah. Bertha the Badger it was, they had a series of stuff you have a lot of experience and this with like such a distinguished career it seemed to be going quite well for you overseas, so uh, you're coming back to Ireland now. Why, why on earth would you do that? Uh, well, I mean, I, I have a strong belief that the people and the wealth of talent in Ireland is a great opportunity uh, to, to come back to. And also as well, I, my business plan is to, is to combine Canada, UK and Ireland and have leads, work and sources coming from those areas, those markets. So Ireland is going to be the major centre of operations, but we're throwing the radar quite wide. I'm, I'm not really scared of travel, so you know, it, I will be traveling a lot in the early years, um, uh, but to br uh, our branch in London and, and hopefully further afield. So Ireland, I'm seeing the, the talent base is there. We can use it, you know, and, and hopefully give back to Ireland as well. Is it? Um, I was wondering then, what is it about Ar Ireland? What is it Ireland can offer in terms of animation and visual effects? And um, mm -hmm. do you, do you think there's a good talent base or a good uh, support structure for the talent base here. I think that there's a great positivity behind the industry. I think that the on terms of the straight animation side, you it's got almost like an oversupply of really really good people because you've got Barry Fernandez, Mary, you've got a lot of people with the real core skills of animation coming out who are really highly qualified. I mean, I went to Bournemouth with the MSC there and all that. And I, it's on a par with, with them. I think it's they're, they're pretty good animators coming out. My brother studied here uh, in Barry Fernandez, Gary Timson and. Uh, you know, Dean Dubois, who directed How to Train Your Dragon, is uh, worked in Bali from an animation college as well, mm. and I knew him in DreamWorks. So the history of dumb animation is, is pretty enviable. I think. So, but anyway, even apart from that, the visual effects industry is burgeoning because people are starting now to get into Houdini, the effects and tech side of it. Uh, windmills really expanding on, on that side. They need you know, uh, a lot of people in the, on the tech side. So I, I can just see it sort of getting over that cusp where it becomes more tech as well as the animation. So I, I would love to be part of that. 
so if uh, people are looking to get into animation, uh, what would be the best advice for them in terms of building a skill set, building contacts? Uh, contacts that's is, way to get is into huge. It? Contacts is huge. The basics are huge. Uh, building your eye, where you've done so much of the hands-on, is that you subconsciously can pick up on mistakes and problems, and you don't at first know why you're picking up on it, but it's burning that synapse in your head where you know when something's wrong, even before you can verbalize it. And that's from hands-on, constant contact with the, with the craft, with the skills. And it's similar with people who code and do a lot of Python. And do, I mean, it's almost like a similar part of the brain where they can almost do it without thinking. Now they know all the references, they know all the, the paths to go algorithmically. It's the same with animation. You burn those synapses early, and I would do that first. And the second thing is just really focus on being a good team player and getting to know people and realizing that you never know when you meet a key contact. It could be in the most weird way, but you just never know when you meet somebody who can change your career. Mm. Um, with, with your experience on live-action movies then, uh, do you find that the economy of the film industry is kind of gearing towards having uh, good, well-staffed VFX houses and animation mm. houses? Mm. I'm wondering whether... Uh, has it gone beyond the expectation that visual effects will accomplish what you can't do in camera? Is is it because uh, do you, uh, have you observed whether it that's still the case, or do filmmakers use it as a crutch more, where they're they're using CG a lot now? I think that good filmmakers, you know, keep 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 VFX uh, as a special tool and build up to it, and then basically really get the best out of it. Um, it, it but that said, it also is the fact that certain story types lend themselves to going wild with VFX and using as much of it as possible. I mean, Transformers is, is, a, is an example of that, mm. where in almost every shot, you're going to have a huge piece of CG. Lord of the Rings with gold, you know, like, you know, going back to that, you can't. So then it becomes, blends in with the rest of the filmmaking process. Uh, I think early on in the history there were some bumps where you know actors found it hard to deal with you know, how you do CG. Mm. I think that's changed a lot now. They're blending back into traditional stuff where they're building sets and then putting CG in there as well to help people mesh into this into the mm. flow of it. And uh, but I, I think that it's kind of like radio and, and, and movies and stuff. Uh, I always think they'll run side by side. You know okay. what I mean? And then tastefully people will use one or the other. Uh, when you really really need it, when you can't have an actor standing in front of a blowtorch then obviously you're going to fully replace. Is, is there a notable difference in terms of how uh, films will look visually that have a lot of CGI? Uh, like, like a comparison that occurred to me was Jurassic Park around the time where a lot of this technology was emerging and they were mixing practical effects with visual effects. Mm. And you have Jurassic World this year, which I don't know. It's, it it seems I don't know whether it's a problem with the color palette or whether mm. they're blending the creatures into the background. But it seems as if the image is kind of flatter. It doesn't look as believable as stuff that was made in the early nineties when oh, the technology was more primitive. I, I haven't actually or seen it yet. Um, uh, I, perhaps it's an artistic choice. Yeah. On a par with, uh, you know, maybe they want to put across that world. That you know, maybe you see you you're looking at sort of the looks flat, but maybe they want to put it across that. It's be kind of like with Star Trek with the lens flares. You yeah. know, now it's people are oh, what the hell is that? But now it's become a part of what they're trying to get across in the story. It's become a feature mm. of the story. So perhaps it, it was an artistic choice, and that's why. Yeah. So do you think it's kind of like uh, uh, this hyper-real aesthetic? It's not yeah. a question of it being good or bad. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah, what yeah. what is the filmmaker if, intending if for sure? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at uh, Sin City, I mean, you know, mm. part of the story 
it's like Marshall McLuhan used to say, you know, uh, the media is the message in many senses, and, and you know, in especially with Sin City, that that is the case. They're putting a, by how they're showing it to you, they're putting across what they're saying. Hmm. And that could be the reason why. Maybe I'm not saying that for certain, but it, to me, it seems like that could be a possibility. Hmm. So, so the media does have a need for more animators, more visual effects artists. I, I overheard today that uh, Framestore are actually finding it hard to recruit people. So, are they open to applications for? Uh, uh, I think it's always good. I mean, Framestore will always hire good people. I think if there's definitely there's work there, they will always. Framestore is a very, very prestigious company, and they have some amazing. I know a lot of the animation heads in there, and they're like they're, they're, they're really good guys. They're really talented. And they only go for the best. So if you want to up your chops by just brushing shoulders with these guys, you will learn tons and just by osmosis. So I think it's definitely worth sticking a CV and reeling to them. And just learn what goes over well CV reel-wise. Make sure you just don't put in what, you know, you always go out and do a smorgasbord of what's a good reel, what's a good CV, and then try and pack it down to that. It could be trimming down your options to make it look really impacty. Put on your best stuff. Don't put on a huge amount of stuff. Just put on your best stuff. There's little bits of advice these guys will give you when you go and talk to them. So find somebody who's been over there and worked with them, and uh, make sure your reel is, is, is tailored. So Framestore and other effects houses, they're they're open and ready for good animators. I definitely think so. I think so. They, well, the fact is that they're always looking for good people. And you, know, you as long as the work is there. You'll be setting up an effects house here, of course. Yes, so do you yeah, want to tell us a little bit about that and when that's going to be? Uh, um, I, well, it's nearly Christmas now, and I'm buying a house. So I would say in the early part of next year, we're going to be uh, uh, setting up the beginnings of that facility. Okay. Uh, it'll be working uh, internationally and uh, in Dublin. It's going to be called uh, Studio TM. Studio TM. Studio TM. Um, my business card says says Timson McRae, but it, it'll be called Studio TM. Uh, be trading is that so uh, keep an eye out for it we'll be in the uh, uh, south Dublin city area and you'll be open for applications yes yes and it definitely would you please do send it send it through sounds like a big area of growth for the future and an important one for filmmaking so mm. um, hence we're here at the VFX Summit uh, we've been joined by Paul Timpson thank you very much for talking to Film Ireland my pleasure always a pleasure thank you